Welcome to the Companion Chapel. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Monday, March 22nd, day 221. It's a beautiful day outside. The book of Zechariah today, we're doing Zechariah chapter 11. This is prophecy that was written for today, written prophecy that is more relevant to these times right now than ever before. All God's prophecies occur and develop in historical, preliminary, and partial happenings, for example, to us before they lead up to and become fulfilled and permanent. It's Zechariah's voice and pen, but it's God's words. First, please consider your part in the many-membered body of Christ. Help magnify and broadcast God's saving word. I create this Bible teaching media. If you have post-media solutions, please get involved with your donations of time or money or whatever you have. Please cons- please give it up for God at companionchapel.com, Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, or e-transfer to email address, companionchapel at gmail.com. You're encouraged to send your biblical questions or prayer requests to email address at companionchapel.com. Chapel at gmail.com or come by for a Bible study to number 338 Side Road 28-29 Paisley, Ontario, Canada, NOG2GO. And phone number here is 509-706-8876. Now turn with me in your Bibles, please, to Zechariah chapter 11 and verse 1. Open thy doors, O Lebanon, that the fire may devour thou cedars, thy cedars. Howl, O fir tree, for the cedar is fallen, because the mighty are spoiled. Howl, ye, O oaks of Bashan, for the forest of the vintage is come down. What are we talking about here? The cedars of Lebanon are always symbolic of God's children, but look, at there's a problem here. The forest, this is the scrub, the shrubs. God is a consuming fire. He's going to cleanse it out. He's going to, he is a consuming fire. It won't hurt us. It'll hurt everything that you're carrying inside though, and you'll feel it. It's like curdled milk inside you. You conceive all the problems of the ways and things of the world. God's not going to allow that. Jesus Christ would not compromise with evil and God will not accommodate evil in his kingdom so this word uh, vintage uh, the vintage of the wine is wormwood remember revelation chapter uh, 8 the vintage of the wine is is not the vintage you want to be of in fact this word vintage means a lot more if you have a lexicon it's on page 163 and it means to become a vapor via foolishness to act vainfully and sinfully it's over it's curtains a vintage has come down it's done Okay, God's not going to put up with it. And why should you? Three, there is a voice of the howling of the shepherds, for their glory is spoiled. A voice of the roaring of young lions, for their pride of Jordan is spoiled. Uh, The voice uh, howling of shepherds. Shepherds are leading the flock. And this could be political leaders or or your religious leader. You know, and if it's your religious leader, if, if he's standing there in a dress with a backwards collar, using the Bible as a book of quotes, then it's spoiled. You can't use the Bible as a book of quotes. You have to teach it the way God had it written. Uh, also, who else are these shepherds? These are leaders, like nobles, or, or uh, the voice of a roaring lion. That's like the nobles today, just roaring on the internet, roaring on your telephone, on the TV, you name it. These are like today's scientists and forecasters, analysis, speculators, today's politicians. For the pride of, they're just roaring along and their glory is spoiled because it's it's what is it's the vintage. That's what they're preaching, the vintage. And the vintage is it's just foolishness and it's vanity of vanities. There's no truth. The truth is a great great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell. And there's only one truth. And Jesus Christ is the truth. He's the living word. He came in the volume of the book, and when you read the book, it's only one book. So why aren't you teaching it? 
uh, shepherds? Why aren't you teaching it? Politicians are following it, at least. The pride of Jordan is spoiled. That's a whole surrounding area around Jerusalem. Okay. Thus saith the Lord my God, feed the flock of the slaughter. That's right. Feed them. Give them something. Give them some truth. Verse 5. Whose possessors slay them and hold themselves not guilty. And they that sell them say, Blessed be the Lord, for I am rich. And their own shepherds pity them not. Who possesses them? Don't allow yourself to be possessed by these people, by this global media of just destitute of truth. There's a small little bit of truth there, but then it gets sensationalized for ratings. It's produced for ratings. They get a reaction. They don't care. They buy and sell fear and hate, and they create division and, and problems, and then the politicians come in and then enter money, and there you have the world today. Trouble, conflict, Wars and rumors of wars and great deception, great falling away from truth. Who do you trust? You trust God? You have to be you have to trust the Lord or you won't be trusted. And remember what it says in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5. You trust in man and his arm, that's his power, then it's an abomination to God. God hates that. You can't trust people unless they have this doctrine in them. They that hold themselves not guilty. Yeah, they don't think they're guilty. They don't take responsibility. They, they don't, uh, there's no consequence to their actions when they lie and they carry on the way they do. Oh, for politicians, they might not get reelected, but someone else is going to get elected and you have another tyrant, another, little, another spoiled brat in there, or another dictator, or we call it democracy, but democracy is heavily divided also. Look at the United States. 73 million people voted for Trump and 74 million voted for Biden. That's a lot of people that are divided and against each other. Don't sell yourself out to the ways and things of the world. Blessed be the Lord, for I am rich. That's what they say. In God we trust. I go to church. I'm a Catholic. I'm a Christian. Well, let's uh, sit down with the Bible here and see if that's really the truth. Because that's become such a pedestrian term in these days. I'm a Christian. You know, I was sitting around with some alleged Christians the other day, and I prayed for them. God bless them, please. And they're saying, do you, do you believe in the devil? I said, do I believe in the devil? The whole book's about the devil and God and Jesus Christ, right off the hop. I'm going to say, I don't believe in half the Bible? Like, Come on. That's a ridiculous question. They actually believe that. And their shepherds pity them not. They don't pity the people. These, the politicians don't pity the people. They have a detached concern. They'll act like they're all concerned in one, at one point. And then, you know, as soon as they pack their lunchbox and go home, it's like, oh, it's all about me, my stuff, my house, my cars, my, my front lawn. Don't you think otherwise? It's a detached concern. They don't care. Jesus Christ is the only one that will continually love you back and love you more. It's the only entity. It's the only thing. Six, for I will no more pity the inhabitants of the land, saith the Lord, but lo, I will deliver the men, every one into his neighbor's hand and into the hand of his king, and they shall smite the land, and out of their hand I will not deliver them. What's this talking about? This is talking about like when Isaiah said, woe to those who build house unto house and field unto field. That's your neighbor's hand, your neighbor's hand, your neighbor's opinion, your neighbor's uh, way of thinking. And always remember what the great, great trait of mankind is like to, when, when other people don't think the way you think, you, you know, they look down on you. They think a common trait of mankind is to think all do wrong who do not do as they do. And really wise people desire to avoid conflict, but not when it conflicts with their convictions. 
and heathen people are the same. They'll just stick to their heathenistic ways. They never have a linear progression towards the truth because their, their truth is based on an inconsistency because mankind is, has an inconsistent thought pattern. And that's all there is to it. And that, and that leads to unprincipled beliefs. Whatever society thinks, or whatever the mainstream media can fan, uh, there's, there's neighbor to neighbor. Oh, I think this, I think that. House on to house. War unto those who build house on house. You get your own household, a divided house can't stand. If you, don't, if, you don't have, if you don't become one with your wife and put that on your kids, what did Zechariah say? Your kids are bastards. If you don't have the word of God in you, if you're not teaching the word of the Lord in the house, if you're not building your house on wisdom, understanding, counsel, knowledge, and strength of the Lord, then in your house, what, what, what your wife thinks one way and you think another way, well, look at the divorce rate throughout the planet today. A divided house can't stand. A divided nation can't stand. And you watch that all over the world, nation after nation, just breaking up wars, rumors of wars, troubles, conflicts. It's mankind has never come up with one plan, plot, or purpose that's been successful to govern the people. Mankind can't govern themselves, and that's all there is to it. And we have the prince of the air, who's the, uh, um, he's the treasurer of the world, and he's the great instigator of all the evil in the world. And all the evil in the world comes from the heart of mankind. And if you don't have the love of Christ in your heart, if you don't have this doctrine, the seal of God in your forehead, the Holy Spirit dwelling within you, then what do you have? You have Satan and, and his ways. All the, all the ways and things mankind comes up with that lead to death, disappointment, failure, anguish, anxieties, fears, worries. A divided house can't stand. Everyone into his neighbor's hand. Uh, your opinion, their opinion. And into the hand of his king. That's the political leaders, okay? And that's what happens. And I will feed the flock of slaughter, even you, O poor of the flock. And I took unto me two staves, the one called beauty and the other called bands, and I fed the flock. Now, this is a huge verse here. And when I feed the flock of slaughter, even you, O sheep traffickers. That's what, that's what this means, sheep traffickers. And sheep traffickers is those people that lead the sheep wherever they want for money. People become sellouts. Don't allow yourself to be a sellout. Don't allow yourself, your soul to be trafficked around. Your train of thought, your thoughts and intents. What you think is right today and then tomorrow someone else comes along and they're more popular and all. I guess that's right now. Like the global media has the whole world passes, passes uh, morally corrupt and morally deprived ways and things as normal. Socially corrupt and socially deprived things as normal. And lying to us. The global media just lies to us. Lie after lie with no consequence. They can call themselves what they want because they have money backing them up. Uh, okay, let's just go on to the next verse and this will clear up this. Oh, wait. Feed the flock of the slaughter, even you, O poor of the flock. We are the poor of the flock if, if we have been misled and we have been, uh, our human rights have been um, compromised and our human dignities have been compromised and we're in the bands of the great treasure of the world. Like people think, well, what's the famine in the end times? Well, the famine is for hearing God's word taught with truth. And that's Amos chapter 8, 13. The famine also means in Revelation chapter 6, the third, uh, the third horseman, famine, black horse. That's the economy. The economy causes all the problems in the world, or causes causes insurmountable problems in the world. Money is the root of all evil. 
And right now people think, oh, it's not much of a famine. But when you go out and work, like your whole paycheck's just going to, for food and shelter. And then you maybe you get a few niceties God's, God allows you. But really, if you make over $43,000 Canadian a year, which is hard, which isn't that much here in Canada, then you're in the top 1% richest people of the world. So think about the famine in the end times, the economy, the way it causes just uh, human rights and dignities and, and violations of human rights all over the world. It's just the saddest thing. And that's the treasure of the world just playing games with us. He's a sheep trafficker. He just uses people just to make money for his upper echelon, for his kings. His kings with no nation, as it's written in the, or no sovereign, sovereign nation, as it's written in the book of um, Revelation. Okay, and I called one beauty, that's grace, and I called one bands, that's union. Okay, and I took me two staves. I called one beauty and one bands, and I fed the flock. I fed them with grace and union. And you know what? If you're in a union, I was in a bricklayer's union. I was local 12. Um, if you're in some kind of union where you work, that's cool because now you can relate to this because this union is local 1000. Define completeness, God's glory. That's the union you want to be in. Be a union with God, not with these sheep traffickers, these people, possessors of us. Don't be a sellout. Okay, don't just sell your soul to these ways and things of the world. Okay, now this verse is really deep too, so watch this, pay attention. Three shepherds, we're going to say, a third of the friends. I think that's this verse, just wait. I was just reading the manuscripts and I looked up quite a few words today, so. Okay, so three shepherds also i cut off in one month my soul loatheth them and their soul abhorreth me okay so what this goes back okay three shepherds we're talking about a third three in here in the hebrew language is a third shepherd here just means friends i'll cut off in one month that's one i'll cut off one third of the people who are friends in one lutation one lunar Rotation. Revelation 12.4 backs that up. That's the one-third that followed the followed Satan in the first age. I, the, my soul loathed them, and they abhorred me. That only happened once, and that was in the first age. Now it's happening again, but we're talking about uh, saying the one-third. Revelation 12.4. Then I said, I will not feed you. That that dieth, let it die. Okay, if you want to be like that, that's fine. And that that is cut off, let it be cut off. And let the rest eat everyone the flesh of another. You guys just eat each other up. Evil always eats, eats itself up. Hatred eats yourself from within. Eats, eats your household from within. And it destroys nations from within. Eat, eat everyone the flesh of another. What we're talking about here is judicial blindness. Like God will lay judicial blindness on people with persistent unbelief or imaginative criticism, or chronic disobedience. Okay, that's what's being said here. Verse 10. Like you got, in other words, you guys go at it. Go at it with all your ways and things of the world, and you see what's happened. Look at the world today. Like we, like mankind gets on the radio or gets on the TV. Oh, we're so modern, modern society today. Really, there's never been more trouble on the earth. There's never been more wars, rumors of wars. There's never been more weapons pointed at each other each country pointing weapons at each other. Like we have a North American missile defense system here in Canada, United States, because we're so greatly concerned, we'll spend billions and billions of dollars on it because Russia or Korea or China is gonna launch some missile and just wipe out huge sections of us. 
Like this is just, this is coming to pass exactly as it's written. You guys want to be at each other, neighbor on a neighbor, and into the hand of your king, and you're going to smite the land and out of their hand. I will not deliver you. You guys go ahead. Let evil run its course until you turn back to me. You guys have left me. My arms are always stretched out. God will never leave you or forsake you. But as soon as you water it down or sugarcoat it, then God says, hey, man, you guys want to make up your own road to salvation? How about it? You know, how are you ever going to learn? He gave us beauty. This is this is our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and a union to join. Okay, 10. And I took my staff, even beauty. That's grace. And cut it asunder. I spread it about for everybody to have it if they wanted it. That I might break my covenant, which I had made with my people. This means not break my covenant. This means I fulfilled it. The Lord Jesus Christ up on the cross did not compromise with evil. He fulfilled it. He set up a kingdom of peace beyond our present comprehension. Christ won't compromise with evil right into the most brutal, humiliating, painful, excruciating death. When he was up there on the cross, forgive these people. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're talking about. He didn't have any guile, malice, no corruption in him. He was blameless. And he did not negotiate or make concessions with evil. Even when Satan pulled him up on the top of the highest place, said, look around the world, this is all yours. Let's me and you rule this place. You know, let's do this. Let's just have a big game of uh, risk here. Let's play war. Let's get all these people running against each other. Look, look at these little minions. Jesus Christ said, no, I love these people. I love these children. And I won't compromise with you, Satan. I won't compromise with the ways and things of the world. I won't compromise with evil. You're not going to compromise my word. I am the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Emmanuel, the beauty, the grace, the bands, the union, local 1000, divine completeness, God's glory. He didn't break his covenant. He fulfilled the covenant. Psalms 22, where we have it. The kingdom is open for whomsoever will. 11. And it was broken in that day. And so the poor of the flock, that's the sheep traffickers that waited upon me, knew that it was the word of the Lord. They know. Evil people in the upper echelon know. Those scribes and Pharisees that were getting the whole crowd going back when Christ was around knew. And who are these scribes and Pharisees of today? Who is the church? Who is the upper church of today? Who is the clergy? Did, did Jesus Christ or any of his disciples ever walk around in a dress or with a backwards collar on? Where was John the Baptist? He was down by the river. We're in sackcloth, eating locusts and honey. He had disciples. Who's walking around in a dress and, and with uh, backwards collars on? Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13. For, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming, that's disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. Oh, they look so holy. They can really lay down a sermon, man. Let me tell you. Sugar-coated. You can listen to those sermons year after year after year. Then pick up your Bible. Can you open the Bible to any page and have a working knowledge of what's being said? Or can you open one of the books that they've written? Oh, this book's good. You should read this book. This book really speaks to me. That's God's Word is unassailable. It covers every grievance, every complaint. God's Word is pure love and compassion. And that's what it's all about. God knows best. Don't challenge God's Word and give it up for somebody who's putting on a big show, some super preacher, or just some guy at your local church who just went to a seminary and now he's using the Bible as a book of quotes. You teach the Bible, man. False apostles. Let's false sent out ones. 
disguise themselves as sent out ones of Christ. Say, I'm sent out of Christ here. Check out my dress and my collar. And look at my name now. Some people call me reverend. One of the seven spirits of God that only God is allowed to possess. Reverence. And you want to call yourself that? That's blasphemy, man. Verse 14. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. No marvel. Don't, don't think this is a big deal. Like, we don't think it's a big deal because we study the Bible. But when you come to those preachers that use the Bible as a book of quotes, it's only the love of Christ. When was the last time you were in, in um, church and you, they talked about beast systems, before in dynasties, about the world economy, the world political system, the, world, the global media, about the world religious systems? When was that? When was the last time you guys covered the seals, the trumps, the vials, or what we're talking about here? No, they just skip over places in the Bible that, uh, oh, it might offend some people. Let's just stick to the love of Christ. I was told that at a Bible study once. Said, no, don't use the word whore. Don't use the word harlot. And uh, no, don't don't talk about Satan either. Okay, we're just, we only do the love of Christ. Well, you just think you're too good for God because Jesus Christ came in the volume of the book. He's the Alpha and Omega. Read the last page of your Bible. Do not take things out of this book and don't add things to this book. You teach it all. It's only one book. And therefore, let it no great thing. It is no great thing if his ministers, that's Satan's ministers, reference, whatever you want to call them, pastors, also be transformed, that's disguised as the ministers of righteousness, whose ends shall be according to their works. Listen, judgment starts at the pulpit. Don't follow these guys. Don't be a cello to these guys. If he's teaching you the Bible and you're becoming biblically literate, from Genesis chapter 1 all the way to Revelation chapter two, 22, then you support that guy. You get that truth out. You help magnify and glorify God's word. But if he's not teaching the Bible, and you've been going to that church three months, six months, you sit in your truck outside of the, out of church when you get, when you leave church on Sunday. Open your Bible. Where was he teaching from? Where was he teaching from last week and the week before? Can you pick up the, the, the message being conveyed by your father who loves you more than you can imagine? If you can't, go back in and ask for your money back. Okay, for, where are we now? Zechariah verse 11. And talking about sheep traffickers, yeah, they just use you. Don't be a sellout. Don't sell yourself out. Don't allow yourself to be a sellout to the ways and things of the world or these sheep traffickers. There's some of these super preachers. I, I read about one super preacher. Somebody asked me, what do you think of this? A super preacher down in the United States bought his wife a Lamborghini. I was like, is this a joke? You guys are pouring money into these baskets? Are you biblically literate? A Lamborghini? Like, there's no humbling there whatsoever. That's entitlement. That's thinking, that's sheep trafficking. Hey, we're using you for money, and, and they're actually teaching that throughout the United States now. You people deserve more stuff. God wants you to have more things, more stuff. Really? Did Jesus Christ accumulate a dime? Did he teach that? Did he teach what even being tempted by money will do to you? Uh, Judas? Wakey, wakey. Verse 12, And I said unto them, If you think good, give me my price. If you want to try and buy me, give me a price. And if not, forbear. So they weighed out my price, 30 pieces of silver. Remember they did that? Judas sell out, sold them out for 30 pieces of silver. And, and this is the, the 30 pieces of silver in the laws is damages for injury done to a servant. Oh, they injured Jesus Christ. Not for the death of a servant. They injured him. They drove railroad spikes into his bare hands and feet and made all the weight of his body 
to hang off this piece of wood, this cross. And he still did not have any guile, no malice, no corruption in him. He was blameless. He did not sin. He did not think or intent sin one bit. And if he did, then the kingdom of heaven would not be valid. But Jesus Christ did that for us. He would not negotiate with sin. He would not accommodate sin anywhere in, in around him or in his kingdom. It is set up for us. So don't think you can negotiate your way in. Well, Jesus, some of the stuff in the Bible I'm not too sure about. Well, you think you're too good for God's word? Then Jesus Christ is going to say, depart from me. And I'll translate that for you, okay? Go play somewhere else. Go have fun. Go play, with, go play in the ways of the world for a millennium period and see how you like it. Because it's going to be worse and worse. Three strikes, you're out. We had one earth age. A third of the people went, as it's written in, in uh, I forget what verse that was. A third of the people. I just read it too. Eight. Eleven, eight, which goes with Revelation 12, 4. A third of the people followed. A third of the souls followed Satan in the first age. God wiped it out, wiped out the age. says, okay, now you're all going to be born innocent of woman once. You're going to go through the matrix once, through the flesh age. And who are you going to love, me or this adversary, the ways and things of the world? And it's all written for us here, how it's going down. And what's going to happen in the future? What happened in the past? Before, infinity back, ice age. That age got wiped out by God. He said he's not going to flood out the world anymore. He told Noah that. He says, here, I'm going to be near this flag, this uh, the, the rainbow symbol. Of course, mankind just makes that an abomination now. You guys are on the hook for that one. And uh, and now God says, well, now at the end of this age, it's I'm going to cleanse it with fire because you guys have turned this planet into a chemical toilet. Okay, so let's just carry on here. Jesus Christ, our Savior, got sold out for 30 pieces of silver. Okay, and the Lord said unto me, Cast it unto the potter, a goodly price that I was priced of them. He threw it into the potter. What's the potter want 30 pieces of silver for? A silversmith wants 30 pieces of silver. You're giving this to a potter. Potter wants clay. Okay, so you guys can't build anything. You think you can buy your way around and buy your way out of stuff. Who's the fashioner? The potter's the fashioner. The material cast too, so be used by him. And I took 30 pieces of silver and cast it to the potter in the house of the Lord. All right, there you go. Prophecy fulfilled. This is prophecy that was talked about 400 years later. It happened. Okay, and it was fulfilled. This is also written in Psalms 22. And other places in the Bible, uh, God doesn't leave us out. It's very simple. It's only one book. 14. Then I cut asunder my own staff, even bands, that I might break the brotherhood between Judah and Israel. It, these bands, when it says cut asunder, it means um, he had to put, he had to make the people migrate around the world. Because we are the farmers, the husbandmen. He had to send us out to plant the seeds of truth worldwide. It's God's plan. It's God's way. That's what he did. He had to. That's what's written, God's word. Okay, so that's that's what he did for a 15. And it's still broken today. But when we come back, it'll only come back one unbroken when in the seventh file, seventh seal, seventh trump. 15. And the Lord said unto me, Take thee unto thee yet the instruments of a foolish shepherd. Who are these foolish shepherds? Second Corinthians 11, 13. Big shots, big dresses on, backwards collars, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, 
disguising themselves as apostles of Christ, as apostles of a Savior, as apostles of Messiah. These great speakers and super preachers and, and self-help speakers and uh, books and you name it. Wherever you think you're going to get inner peace, it'll never happen. God knows. Trust Him. If you don't trust God, you won't be trusted. If you don't believe in God, there's no relief. No belief, no relief. Okay, instruments of a foolish shepherd. That's all the ways and things of the world. All the thoughts, theories of mankind. Uh, all the ways, ideas, plans, plot, purposes. Just vanity of vanities, all is vanity. These guys tried to buy salvation. Even tried to pass up them for 30 pieces of silver. You know, Jesus Christ is our potter. We are the pot shirts. Okay, we are the clay. He heals. You throw 30 pieces of silver into the church and think you're going to be healed? Well, you got another thing coming, and that's what happened. Remember what happened to Judas. A lot of people think Judas was uh, committed suicide. But how do your guts spill asunder all over the place if you committed suicide? They hung him up, and they, they slashed his guts open. They killed him. Because he tried to repent. He says, no, you can't do that. He says, yeah, Jesus choked himself. Yeah, he got choked up with overwhelmed with emotion. But that doesn't make your guts fall out. You don't hang yourself and your guts fall out. They picked him up, they hung him up, and they sliced his guts all over the place. 16. For lo, they are the murderers. John 8, 44. Your, your, your father's the first murderer. Okay, where are we? Uh, fifth, 16. For lo, I will raise up a shepherd in the land, what shall not visit those that be cut off, neither shall seek the young, the young one or the hungry one, nor heal that is broken, nor feed that standeth still, but he shall eat the flesh of the fat and tear the claws into pieces. This is the pair the perishing, the strain, the wounded. We need to be nourished. We have to help the weak. But no, these people come along and they just rip and tear at you. They'll just rip and tear at you right off. It's, it's going to cost you money. They're going to want... The, it, there's no truth involved. There's no love. There's no bands of the union. Here, the local 1000 divine completeness of God's glory. It's the love of Christ. It's the only healing thing. These people come along with their theories and thoughts and they get you doing all these weird things and trying to look into your subconscious or trying to get you to do other ways and things, all the self-help books, all the plans, plot, purposes of mankind to try and make things right, they always end up in disappointment and failure. They always that, that, Those books you buy always end up the dustiest books you have on your bookshelf. Dust off your Bible and you watch what happens to you. It's the greatest thing. Seven, woe unto the idle shepherd. That's Satan himself. Satan's name, the idle shepherd. That leaveth the flock. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He just uses you up and spits you out. You got any money? Credit cards maxed out? Later, man. Go work. Go do something. Go get yourself bound with usury. Bands in verse 7. What do you have? Bands of usury? Are you united with usury? United with ways and things of the world? Are you stuck up with... Are you stuck in the, the prisons of possessiveness and covetousness of greed and gluttony? Here you go. The idle shepherd. He'll just leave you standing there. You're on your own, buddy. Try and pull it together. Go get another bank loan. Go, go go want more stuff. Go think you deserve more stuff. Go think of entitlement. The sword shall be on his arm and upon his right eye. Yeah, he'll come around and slice you up. That's his power. And he's focused on you. His arm shall be clean, dried up in the end. And his right eye shall be utterly darkened. You ever look into somebody's eye who's just, like, mean? You look into their eyeball and it's just like, 
wow, there is like darkness inside this person. They put off an aura that you can feel. It's just like, okay, it's dried up and darkened, utterly dark. And we pray for those people, man. Get the love of Christ in your heart. Get the love of Christ in your eyes, in your actions, your thoughts and your intents. That's your eye and your right hand is your action. Remember what the, the seal of God is what you pray for. Your thoughts and intents and your actions. Your right arm is your, always your actions. And remember what 666 is, the mark of the beast. It messes with your eyes. It messes with your mind, what's in your head. It's not on your head like some stupid tattoo. It's what's in your head. And your right arm is your actions. Your thoughts and your intents. God knows your thoughts and intents. Hebrews chapter 4.12. Are your thoughts and intents the mark of the beast? Are you marking yourself? With Satan's mark, uh, with Satan's ways or God's ways, Are you setting yourself aside for God, sanctified, be one of God's elect, dude. It's the only way out. It's the only road to salvation. And wasn't that just the greatest thing? That was Isaiah or Zechariah chapter eleven. My name is Mike. This is Companion Chapel. Phone number here is five zero nine seven zero six eight eight seven six. The address here is number three three eight side road twenty eight slash twenty nine Paisley, Ontario, Canada. Come on out for a Bible study, or if you can do something with this podcast or the media that I create, I do a podcast a day. Um, please be part of Post Media Solutions. Whatever your gift is, if you're good on social media, share, promote, do anything to help magnify and glorify God's word. Hey. Thanks a lot for listening. Thank you very much. Have a great day and bye for now.